Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. You know, we closed last week's broadcast looking at what uh, Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott say are the predictable passages or stages of love. They define these stages as romance, power struggle, cooperation, mutuality, and co-creativity. And each of these stages has its own challenges and opportunities. Over a lifespan, love changes, but it becomes no less intimate, no less meaningful, and no less important. For in the measure that young passion recedes, the vacancy is replaced with a deeper, more abiding sense of intimacy, care, and co-creativity. As the flame fades, deep burning coals emerge. Eric Fromm, in his book, The Art of Loving, says, There is hardly any enterprise which has started with such tremendous hopes and expectations, and yet which fails so regularly as love. Lifelong love does not happen by chance, but it is an art that must be learned, practiced, and honed. Every successful marriage is the result of two people working diligently and skillfully to cultivate their love. When they combine passion, intimacy, and commitment, they are able to grow a flourishing, healthy marriage. We're going to look at some of the tips from the parrots for making love last a lifetime. Cultivate passion. The loss of passionate romance is a common complaint whether couples have been married one year or 25 years. It is unrealistic to expect the exhilarating peaks of passion to remain constant. But marriage in no way requires passion to be put on ice. Love grows less exciting with time for the same reasons that the second run on a fast toboggan slide is less exciting than the first. But as any long-term happily married couple can tell you, the excitement may decrease, but the real pleasure can still increase. Science agrees. A study of high school seniors in a group of couples who had been married more than 20 years found that both groups had a more romantic, passionate view of love than couples who had been married less than five years. The researchers concluded that high school students had not given up their romantic view of love, and the older couples were enjoying boomerang passion as a result of their long-term investment in tending their marriages. What are the secrets of these thriving older couples? How do they rekindle the sometimes flickering flame of passion? According to the author Norman Wright, here are three of the strategies of happily married couples. Practice meaningful touch. Sex therapists have long known what successfully married couples soon learn. Affection in the form of touching is not only a preliminary to making love, it is a language that speaks more eloquently than words. Sheldon Van Auken, writing about his marriage to his wife Davy in the book A Severe Mercy, illustrates the profoundness of touch. Davy had crept close near to me, still crouching, and I put my arm around her, and she snuggled close. Neither of us spoke, not so much as a whispered word. We were together, we were close, we were overwhelmed by a great beauty. I know that it seemed to speak to us both that we were completely one. We had no need to speak. Meaningful touch is the language of passion. Plan mutually enjoyable experiences. Being married doesn't mean the fun has to end. 
Successful couples work diligently to associate their partners with positive experiences. Romantic dinners, trips to the theater, and vacations never stop being important to them. Passion plummets when a spouse begins to associate their partner primarily with dirty clothes, thoughtlessly dropped on the floor, barked out orders, crying, and nagging. Passion can only survive and thrive if the couple continues to date even after they marry. Compliment your partner daily. The most important element of romantic passion for both husbands and wives is to feel special. Not only do they want to feel sexually attractive to their mates, but they want to know that they are appreciated. Compliments feel good, both to the give and to receive. So to paraphrase a James Taylor song, shower the person you love with compliments. When it comes to passion and marriage, the bottom line is that the intensity of early passion is only the beginning. Think of it this way. A jetliner from Seattle to New York uses 80% of its fuel in takeoff. A tremendous amount of energy is required to get the plane launched so it can reach a comfortable cruising altitude. The takeoff, however, is only the beginning. The cruise is the important part of the journey, and it requires a different kind of energy, one with more sustaining and even power. By cultivating a deep-rooted passion, you can avoid years of needless marital turbulence and enjoy soaring at altitudes never imagined. Cultivate Intimacy Ideally, husbands and wives are best friends as well as lovers, sharing dreams, interests, fears, and hopes. But according to Stacy Olicker, a sociologist and marriage expert, the gap between true intimacy and life remains wide. Only a small minority of couples experience genuine intimacy. We ask, how could this be? Olicker claims that marriage partners seek to fill this gap by being more intimate with close friends than they are with their mate. In her book, Best Friends in Marriage, she states that many women, for example, seek out friends or relatives before confiding in their husbands. Similarly, when men were asked to name the person they would most likely talk to about their future dreams and ambitions, close friends outnumbered wives. Does this mean that married couples shouldn't have close friends? Absolutely not. But it does mean we need to take special care to cultivate intimacy in our marriages. Here are a few things the parrots say we should keep in mind. Spend time together. One of the great illusions of our age is that love is self-sustaining. It is not. Marriage expert David Mace says, Love must be fed and nurtured. First and foremost, it demands time. Studies indicate that marital happiness is highly correlated with the amount of time spent together. Schedule lunches together or no television nights at home. Heart-to-heart -heart talks don't happen on the go. Listen with a third ear. Studies on intimate sharing indicate that not really listening is the most fundamental error couples make. We have a tendency to interrupt our spouses to be impatient while they are telling a story. But intimacy is cultivated when we patiently listen, not only to the story, but to the feelings our spouses are conveying. If you learn to do that, I predict with great certainty that intimacy will blossom in your marriage. Practice unconditional acceptance. The deepest kind of sharing can take place only when there's no fear of rejection. 
Some married people walk on eggshells around their spouses, fearing they might say or do something to upset them. Nothing drains a relationship of intimacy faster than anxiety, and nothing promotes intimacy more than knowing you are unconditionally accepted even though you aren't perfect. Focus on commonalities. Intimacy grows when nurtured by shared emotions, experiences, and beliefs. Any couple who has been happily married for 50 years will tell you their differences. He's always restless. I like to relax. He loves sweets. I like salty foods. He's a Democrat. I'm a Republican. But in spite of their differences, you will hear statements that reveal their commonalities. They usually begin with we. We laugh at the same things. We love traveling in New England. We support an inner city mission. The more couples focus on what they have in common, the deeper intimacy grows. Explore spiritual terrain together. A lack of intimacy can often be traced to a lack of spiritual vitality. One study showed that spirituality ranked among the six most common characteristics of strong couples. When two people have a spiritual hunger or spiritual awareness in common, they become soulmates. In other words, spirituality is the soul of marriage. Without spiritual roots, couples are left with an emptiness and superficiality that prevent genuine intimacy. Partners who do not cultivate intimacy will at best live in an empty shell marriage. They will coordinate the practical details of their daily lives, who does the shopping, what car should be purchased, but they will live in an emotional and spiritual vacuum, never enjoying the full beauty of love. Cultivate commitment. You know, many of us have watched Fiddler on the Roof, and when Tevi wants to know if his wife of 25 years loves him, he asks her point blank, Do you love me? Their marriage had been an arranged one, and as Tevi explained to his wife, my father and mother said we'd learn to love each other, and now I suppose I'm asking, Goldie, do you love me? Goldie eventually says, I suppose I do. To which Tevi replies, after 25 years, it's nice to know. And it is. While the romantic rush of feelings will eventually fade, Another kind of love anchored in commitment will take its place and bring stabilizing peace to your marriage. To cultivate the important element of commitment in your marriage, the parrots offer the following suggestions. Assess the high value of commitment. I can't emphasize enough the importance of commitment in sustaining lifelong love. Commitment is the mortar that holds the stones of marriage in place. Meet your partner's needs. We all have a fundamental need for security, and one of the best ways to give people security is by meeting as many of their day-to-day -day needs as you can. Once partners meet each other's need to unwind after work, or the need to have one night out a week, for example, the level of security in the relationship rises. Meeting even the smallest of needs can cultivate the security of commitment. Honor your partner's promise. People can become so focused on their own commitment and the sacrifices they are making for their marriage that they miss the beauty of their spouse's promise to them. Honoring our spouse's promise is a good way to cultivate commitment. Make your commitment part of your being. As human beings, we create and define ourselves through commitments, and those commitments become an integral part of our identity. 
When we contradict our commitments, we lose ourselves and suffer an identity crisis. You can strengthen your commitment to your partner by choosing to make it a vital part of your being, by giving it top priority, so much so that to break it is to break who you are. Well, thanks for being with us today. I look forward to being with you again next week. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.